What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Bullpen Cart Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. It is myself and Greg Piatelli recapping the 2021 MLB trade deadline. We go through the impacts it's had on a number of different teams, winners, losers, the Cubs specifically, the Red Sox specifically, as well as the Phillies. This one was a lot of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you all think. As always, though, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Search The Bullpen Cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG. Follow us on Instagram, Thunderblog Sports. Join the Bullpen Cart Facebook group. Be a part of the conversation. But enjoy the episode. Enjoy the weekend. Phillies Mets for first place in the NL East. That's right, we recorded this before the Phillies completed the sweep of the Nationals, and now this weekend is for it all. They're half a game back. Let's go, Phils. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bullpen Card Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. The namesake of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed, I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. And joining me today, now that the NHL offseason has cooled down a little bit, he's back to talk about some baseball. It is Mr. Greg Piatelli. How are you, my friend? Jordy, as summer winds to an end, things are heating up. It's August. Summer's long from over. We had one of the best, uh, one of the best trade deadlines, I think, we've had in forever. I agree. Uh, for the Major League Baseball. And I'm not going to lie, to have the Red Sox make minimal moves uh, and not be a part of one of the biggest trade deadlines in his, on, in history is a little, uh, a little upsetting. But at the same time, it's fun, exciting, and the second half of the year is going to be already is going to be a blast. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I, How I are told- you, Jordy? Well, I'm doing well, and I totally agree with you that this is going to be its going to be a great closing stretch to the season. I think the fact that we had this one trade deadline, I think finally Major League Baseball got to the point that it wanted to by eliminating the waiver wire one at the end of August. Mm-hmm. And kind of over the last couple of years, you and I have followed it pretty closely. It turned into the cool one, the one that the major deals end up happening, you know, the Verlanders, the time that – um the Indians picked up, I think it was Josh Donaldson and he was hurt or they lied about him being, somebody lied about him being hurt. There was all that crazy story and drama and all that kind of stuff. And this turned out to be kind of that way. There's drama to come out of it. There's kind of sad stories. There's fun stuff. There's a impending doom, if you will, that uh, is floating over Los Angeles that we can talk about. But let's start with the sad stuff. The Chicago Cubs end up trading not one, not two, not three, to quote another Los Angeles athlete. But they trade a lot of their pieces from that core that won the World Series. Chris Bryant goes to the Giants. Anthony Rizzo goes to the Yankees. Javi Baez goes to the Mets. Craig Kimbrell goes to the White Sox. And all of a sudden, Wilson Contreras is pretty much the only piece left on that team. They've said maybe they're going to build around him. But a somber, somber mood in Chicago that has since gotten a little livened up with NBA free agency 
in adding a number of players to the Bulls. But Greg, how are you feeling about the Cubs seeing all this go down? Well, you figured, what was that, two years ago or three years ago, they, they finished last in their division, right? It was uh, three years ago is when they blew the lead and they had a game 163 against the Brewers and then lost in the wild card game. Uh, yeah. So it must have been two years ago, before David Ross, right? They fired. Yeah, yeah but, at the end of Joe Madden, you're right. It's it's so it's it's tough because the Cubs they've been a stable at least the last let's call it decade if you will of being a team always talked about being a good team having stars team people wanted to see they won and they were now one of those teams that when they traveled opposing ballparks were full not only Cubs fans but people wanting to see the superstars and. At the, on the other hand, so it's sad to see them all go. And if I'm a Cubs fan, I'm sad because now it's X amount of years of waiting again until the homegrown talent rebuilds and starts to get good again, like they did with Ryan and Brizzo. 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 Um, <laughs> I think the thing that I will say, Jordy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spin this in a positive. I think the majority of these guys are going to walk in free agency anyway. And I think that this is a good way for them to reset, restart, retool, load up on talent and the, on the younger side, they have a great coach who's still trying to learn his or manager who's still trying to learn his way, still trying to figure out what he's doing and he can mold the young guys who don't have any superstar, superstar him, if you will, they don't have any preconceived notions of how things should be and, and they can be molded if you will. So I think the next couple of years are going to be, hard for them win wise but i think uh i think it was the right move for them ultimately because they had to get value back for all these guys and they've been declining like the, the like for whatever reason the stars haven't been the stars they were the pitching staff has not been anywhere near as good as they were obviously they lost a bunch of pitchers when, when they won when they won but right time to do it i think and uh a smart decision joey what do you think yeah, it's a bummer. I think you're right, though. There was a huge decline, really, after losing in the NLCS in 2017. Mentioned it. 18, they kind of blow that division lead. The Brewers got red hot. were in basically an out away from the World Series in that year. 19 didn't go so well. Last year, crazy playoff format. They get in. But I think you're right. The pitching, they lose you, Darvish, to free agency. Jake Arrieta had a three-year stint in Philly that didn't go well, and he comes back and is not much better. Kyle Hendricks had been pretty solid and you know they, they had a couple other guys. Their bullpen had had issues for years now, including Craig Kimbrell. Um, so I think that's really where it went of they tried to really make their offensive players and defensive players happy, but pitching, they just never figured it out. And I know there's a whole thing of that people are really upset with the Ricketts family, the owners of the Cubs of them really not wanting to spend money. That's kind of where this all started with Chris Bryant. Remember, we talked about this in the NL East preview with Stevie G of it wasn't a matter of if Chris Bryant was going to be traded to the Mets, but when, because Steve, Steve Cohen was willing to spend all that money. Lo and behold, they end up getting hot, end up getting Javi Baez. But then Bryant gets traded to the white hot San Francisco Giants and all this different stuff happens. Rizzo goes to the Yankees, which the Yankees and Cubs have some sort of power line to each other of having some sort of trades of making these these deadline moves. You know, they got Chapman a couple years back. The Cubs did from the Yankees. 
That's how the, the Yankees got a number of different prospects. Now the Cubs get the reverse of it with the Yankees trying to make a push to make the playoffs. But it is a bummer. You know, it's something where I think a lot of people, because for so long the Cubs were the lovable losers, they end up really coming out the gates firing in Bryant's rookie year in 2015. They get to the NLCS, get swept by the Mets, win the World Series the next year. You think this is going to be a team that's the stop, that the Dodgers and the Cubs are going to be the NLCS matchup for the foreseeable future, and they never got back. Obviously, the Dodgers did every single year, except for 2019. I forget who the Nationals beat. I think the Nationals beat the Dodgers in the first round. But still, you know, we figured that's what was going to happen, and it never did, and it just never came to fruition. It's something that now you're right with prospects coming back and trying to figure out who's got what going on. Uh, what are they going to do if they can lock up some guys and, and build around them and see if they can catch lightning in a bottle with kind of a shifting dynamic in the central division of who knows what long-term the long-term holds for the Brewers, where the Cardinals are right now, who the hell knows. And the Pirates seem like they're once again in, some sort of rebuild mode, although they have a couple young dudes. So who knows if they pop out at some point. And then the Reds are doing really well, I think, kind of against all odds. A lot of people wrote them off, losing Bauer, losing other guys, thinking they were going to be sellers, and they're not. And they're hanging out there, and that's great. So the Cubs, where they end up going, A, I think you need to make sure that the Ricketts didn't really just... uh, Being afraid of losing guys, not wanting to spend money, is the reason why they're now going to lose more money i.e. not having fans there and not because of COVID stuff because of being bad but going forward I think I don't know it it's gonna be crazy to see because this is a team that was scoring a ton of runs they're you know right towards the middle of the pack of the National League if you take away the NL West they're scoring more runs than a lot of good teams in the NL uh, but their pitching staff outside of Hendricks just was so bad. And I, I don't know if you're mad. I, I think you're mad at the Ricketts if you're a Cubs fan. And I don't know. The, like, I know the feeling of not addressing pitching and, and that's frustrating, but to see it all get yeah. yanked all it all of a sudden and see Bryant's reaction, see Rizzo's reaction. I'm sorry. I'm rambling here, but it's, it is just a bummer. I think that's just the, the sadness of it. Yeah. And, and they're really franchise court cornerstones, right? It's, it's what, they've been building off of and the team that won the world series and, and Brian Rizzo Baez, you know, those are the big names, obviously Kimbrell and I mean, Baez is one but, of the most um, dynamic players in the national league. Yeah. He's just yeah, fun, so, to watch, fun to watch hit, fun to watch, run the bases, play defense. He's a you know, magic man. Yeah. He's a personality. Yeah. And at the end of the day, they traded away eight players and got back 12 and <laughs> uh, some draft picks, I'm sure. So, you know, you're betting that you're going to find another Rizzo, Baez, and Bryant somewhere amongst these prospects. You know, they got Rizzo, play to be named later, uh, and a trade with the Red Sox. And, you know, that's sort of, they drafted Baez, they drafted Bryant. Like, that's just how, you know, how it goes. So you hope that one of these guys hits, like, but at the same time, like you said, as the ownership, you knew this was coming. These guys were declined. They're in their primes, their career. They haven't necessarily hit us this year, obviously notwithstanding, but years past, they had a couple down years, but now they're doing well. How does, how does the management not go out and get some prime time pitching? Is the luxury tax really that big of a deal? Look at the Dodgers. Like, yeah, they're over the luxury tax, but they're winning championships and world series. So like clearly that's not a thing. Um, 
yeah, I think somber is the right word, but or whatever you said. But I think uh, that's a great, great phrase too. Yeah, I think I think it's. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about the Nationals, but I think it's more like the Cubs are a staple, right? It's, it's almost like the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Cubs are the three biggest names in baseball or, or teams in baseball. Um, well, you're right. They have I such an outreach. Put, I mean, obviously there's two yeah, teams in Chicago, you but you think of the Cubs. The Dodgers, but... uh, yeah, I mean. Exactly, I think yeah. Yeah, I think you're right of of that. And I, that's a pretty good transition to just talk about the Nationals, the fact that they end up selling. They trade both Scherzer and Trey Turner to the Dodgers after there was a announced deal that Max Scherzer was going to go to San Diego, which any which way you look at it, it's just insane that <laughs> the Habs were adding one of the better pitchers in baseball. And Scherzer goes out his first game of the, the Dodgers and gets a curtain call because he ends up striking out 10 guys. And I don't know, it's something where the Nationals were a team I don't think a lot of people had a ton of faith in of what they were going to do this year. They you know, have been plagued with some injuries. They've had COVID scares. They've had all this different stuff. Steven Strasburg's been out for the season since June. Um, you know, the guy they signed locked down right after they won the World Series. So they still have him. So it's not, I don't think, as somber of a mood. You still have Juan Soto, who had that unbelievable run at the start of the second half or post-All-Star break. You have guys that I think you're pretty excited about. You still have fan favorite Ryan Zimmerman there. Josh Bell has been really good. Um, Schwarber has been pretty awesome for him, too. And, well, actually, they ended up trading Kyle Schwarber, so that's that's part of it. Um, so, I say, yeah, they gave the Red Sox. But, but yeah. and, and I think the, the only difference, I think, here is that the Nationals, well, two things. For me, one is, like, they're so much closer to having won their World Series, right? And than the Cubs were, and I feel like the Nationals went for it so bad that year that they, they're they still recovering from that. Yeah, that's a fair you point. Know, they, they made a bunch of moves, and they they really, I mean, the Strasburg thing, experiment from the beginning, and, and you know, obviously Max Scherzer being Max Scherzer, but that, I think, is the most surprising, but I feel like they just, they went for it so hard, they needed, they needed it. But at the same time, it's, what, we're three years or two years removed from COVID yeah, they won the count, World Series so, two years ago, so I mean, yeah, COVID they, doesn't count. So, so that's the biggest surprise to me. It but worked out. I think the, yeah, and I think on the other hand, they got the number one ranked prospect and the number three ranked prospect from the Dodgers, but the number one ranked and number three in all of Major League Baseball prospects. Yeah, you know that, according to Baseball America, you know, big source, but they got the top prospects in the game. Granted, for sure, they're one of the best pitchers in the game, but like they needed i guess they needed it because they were just so defeated and depleted and maybe they looked at the cubs and said look at the cubs it's been five six years and they haven't been able to really muster up another run like we need to reset we have soto let's grab as many young prospects as we can like you said they have their men they have some other favorites they can keep continuing to build around and get people to the ballpark let's try and like this kelbert ruiz and Josiah Gray, let's take a flyer out on them, top two top prospects in Major League Baseball, and let's try and do it again, and just like we did with Soto and, and win when they're young. Yeah, and I think a big part of it, too, I think Scherzer was always, his name was thrown out there, and they were going to see where they were at, but the Mets had such high expectations coming into this year, as did the Braves, and even after losing Acuna, they end up 
still buying more players. They trade for Jack Peterson early. They pick up Jorge Soler. They pick up Duvall, Eddie Rosario. Guys to just add depth. And they're sitting at 500 right now. They aren't in a playoff spot. They basically have to win the NL East to do it. But they're only two and a half games back because of the Mets kind of floundering around. The Phillies are hanging out in there too. So that's wide open for them. And I feel like the Nationals kind of looked at it and said, you know what, we can get guys for Scherzer kind of punt on this year and not have to make this as painful as possible for any sort of long standing rebuild. So I think it is like a kind of a more expected outcome of what we normally see out of trade deadline teams, rather than just massive fire sales from a team that was kind of hanging in there like the Cubs were, but the nationals end up, you know, you're right. They picked up some really great players. They made it, you know, Schwarber ends up being the sound investment that they end up trading and flipping over to the Red Sox. And I don't know. I, I think they kind of saw the writing on the wall that, yeah, we could maybe try to win the division, but given how good the the Mets are playing, the Braves are never out of this thing with how good their offense is. And if their pitching just shores up, it could be there. They could run away with it by the middle of September. We might as well see what we can do with all, with other stuff here. You say you're starting to give away our next segment, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think, that you're right you have to look around you have to look at the league you have to look at particularly the national league you know outside of the nl west like yeah it's you have to you have to win your division at this point and i think that's yeah and and the phillies are young ish kind of (laughs) the braves have a young core the marlins the youngest core ever (laughs) (laughs) the mets the mets obviously Degrom, but you know they also have a younger talent. Um, so you're right. I think, I think that's all, all well said by you. Yeah. So, I mean, so you mentioned it of just talking about the teams that are set up really well post deadline. We start talking about the Braves. We'll just continue there. We'll kind of move through the rest of the NL talk about who, you know, we've kind of alluded to who gave up players, had to do various different things. And we'll, then we'll jump over to the AL, but Greg, Give me your take on Atlanta and what they ended up doing. Because they kind of started moving the dominoes, at least in the NL, in terms of adding Peterson and then just going from there. Yeah, and and it really comes back to how aggressive would they have been if Acuna Jr. didn't go out for the year, right? Sure. And adding Jack Peterson, uh, Soler, Rosario, Duvall, all outfielders, uh, adding a catcher, uh, getting a closer to help shore up some of their bullpens. This, they, they've proven that they have enough firepower. They have enough pop with Freeman and blah, blah, blah. And, and that they're pitching it really comes down to the pitching and bullpen for them and adding some offense to replace Acuna helps, you know, you're not going to get Acuna numbers, but if all these guys you picked up the Peterson, Soler, Rosario, Duvall, if they all combine some way, shape or form to, to, replace some of those numbers Acuna had you get the speed with Peterson you get some of the power with the other guys so you hope that in the end they can be enough to fill the void to go on a deep run especially in the NL East which no one seems to want to win uh <laughs> they're 500 and and they're two and a half games back so it, it, it's wide open why not go for it and this is I feel like they, you're right. They did everything they could and, and everything they should. 
Yeah. What do you I, think? This is your division. What do you think? Well, no, I've, I've said throughout the season of between Atlanta's slow start, the fact they started to get back, then Acuna got hurt, that they're never out of this thing. They really just need some shoring up of their pitching staff, like you just said. And I mean, at any point, any of these guys that they've acquired or that have been on their team, really outside of Charlie Morton and Ian Anderson, they can go off, strike out a ton of dudes. Max Freed, I mean, he goes on some sort of crazy final two-month stretch. It just becomes a three-headed monster that they ride into the playoffs. It's something where, you're right, the Mets, for whatever reason, just aren't getting it all together. And I know injuries have been a big part of that. Um, but they, you know, the, the Braves, they're never out of this thing and they still have Freddie Freeman. They still have a number of different dudes, Dancy Sponson, Ozzy Albies. I mean, that young core is still there and is still really fucking good. And they're scary. They're a team that is like the boogeyman in this division. You know, I will talk about the Phillies later and my opinions, fears, hopes for this team, but the Braves are that team that you have to constantly look over your shoulder and make sure that they're not, you know, just smothering you and, and lulling you into some false sense of security. Their team, you know, I, if I had to put any money on it, I'd still think the Braves have it. And I've been saying that all year and the guys are just playing well on that team. They're playing really good team baseball and they have four guys with 20 home runs and Ozzy Albies is right there. It's nuts. They're really good at getting on base and fucking driving guys in when all things are said and done. They could have, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility to think that they have at least three, maybe four, depending on if Dansby Swanson gets really hot. I know it's August 5th now, and we have less than two months left in the season. But Ozzy Albies probably will. He's at 69 today. Nice. And Swanson, Freeman, Riley are all floating around 60. So they need to really get hot, which it's not out of the realm of possibility. You think Freddie Freeman could. Swanson could because he could continue to hit homers or hit an incredible amount of doubles like he has been. And I don't know. It's just a team that I, until they really go to bed, I am not doubting the Braves of just going on some sort of incredible run. And I don't think it needs to be that incredible. No, it doesn't. But I like. I think this team is good enough to like, knock off seven in a row like they play the nationals in six of their next set uh, of their next 10 games and then they play the marlins and fucking orioles for two straight series like they could rattle off some w's pretty quickly and if you're a phillies fan like myself a mets fan who are playing each other this weekend which might just spell complete disaster for them hosting a kind of down and out nationals team the braves are you know, we can see the Braves in first place by the end of the weekend, depending on how this Phillies-Mets series goes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when you put it that way, um, <laughs> you're not wrong. But at the same time, like I said, the run doesn't have to be that great. I feel like the Braves are a team the last couple of years. They were hot in September, hot in September, hot in September, and then first round exit, right? Well, it's your, it's your reverse. It's your Carolina Hurricanes take. They played such a shitty division that they weren't ready for the playoffs and they didn't prepare the, the opponents they had to play. <laughs> a factual <laughs> take. I mean, maybe that's why the Dodgers <laughs> finally won it, is they had to go through three rounds instead of through the Braves. Um, so you're not wrong. Uh, yeah, so so anyway, let's move on, Jordy. Um, 
biggest winner or biggest loser you know let's start with the bad news first and we'll end on a high biggest loser for me jordy okay i mean it has to be the san diego padres why they, they lost out on on scherzer the some of the names that they were they were being yeah, linked circling. to yeah you know um and to walk away with adam frazier and daniel hudson like you know this especially the west with the with the giants coming out of nowhere and the dodgers putting up a team that could rival the the 99 yankees like what are we there the 04 red sox like what are we talking about like this <laughs> this this team had to do something and i feel like they did nothing yeah i feel like to match the dodgers especially where they've been throughout this year uh not that 62 and 48 is bad by any stretch of the imagination with 52 games to go in the season 100 plus run differential but of the the three teams in the NL West, they've granted scored more runs than the Giants, but the Giants are seven games ahead of them, and they've allowed 30, almost 30, 29 runs more than both the, the Dodgers and the Giants, that adding Hudson makes this sextet of relievers they have really good, but they let up a lot of base runners, and um, it, it you know, is the bill going to come due, or is it going to be as good as it has been? And does it become sort of like their Achilles heel for an eventual wild card game? It's going to be interesting to see what they end up doing. And the Reds are right there. We mentioned that a little bit. They're playing pretty well. They're well, right there, quote unquote. They're four games back, but or four and a half. I can do math. Um, but still, it's I don't know. I don't think the Padres are any in any sort of serious trouble. But I think you're right. The fact that they didn't make any serious moves when the Dodgers end up ended up doing some really big things is, you know, at their detriment. And, and to make matters worse, San Francisco isn't slowing down at, at all, you know, as I think a lot of people thought they might post all-star break and they haven't. So I think if you're a Padres fan, you're kind of wonder, you're sitting there wondering what the hell. Yeah. And that, that's really what I'm saying is, is I mean, they clearly go out and spend all this money in the off season the last three seasons, right? Yeah. Three off seasons in a row. They've they've gone out and got the big name or one of the big names. And you know, again, like you said, Link to Scherzer, everyone else gets better. Like what did they do and and you know how long is Tatis out? Uh he probably mid August is what it looks like he's gonna come yeah, back. So not so like it's another week, bad, so yeah. They, it's not terrible. Yeah, they got to, but still they have to survive. Like I mean, the Dodgers and the the Giants are seven and three in the last ten. The Dodgers are only going to get better because of these trades. Like they they could find themselves by the time he's back, scraping by for the second wild card spot. Uh, you know, granted, no one really challenging them, but if they want to win, I guess that's their their their, their tactic is hey. Let's just get into the playoffs, and our team will be good enough and healthy enough to beat them in a five-game series or a seven-game series. But you're not—I don't see anyone beating the Dodgers with the lineup and and no, the pitching they that they have. It's tough to see that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but but the, I could—you know—they they, I guess they could beat the other teams, but still, you got to think that I don't know. Maybe they're content being like, okay, we're still building. This year, we had hopes to go to the AL or NLCS, and then next year is our World Series year. You know what I mean? I, I like that. 
maybe they're not like the Dodgers. This is not go for broke year that, you know, we have another couple of years. Um, but still like, look at, look at the Braves. They made minor quote unquote minor moves, but they were the right moves and, and made them better. Right. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And I think it's so something like, where like, and to your point of, and this is kind of going into a team that I don't know, is ultimately a loser in my brain, but I'm just going to pick them. Cause it's, we're going to talk about their offensive things that they did, but given what starting pitchers ended up getting moved around the fact that them and it, and I'm just going to say, I think the Yankees could have added some starting pitching to really help shirt up or maybe a bullpen player. I just, and I know there's injuries on the Yankees that they're dealing with too, but to that end, you know, with names that end up getting moved around, you're wondering why a San Diego, a New York, a team that did, you know, did make some moves throughout the off season to like really sure up things. Or you, if you're the Yankees, you almost got to the world series two years ago why aren't these names going to these big have teams or the teams that have all these expectations? And I don't know why the answer is there. If, if it's something that you think, Oh, I mean, you're Yankees. The, the Dodgers, the Dodgers gave up the number one and the number three. Exactly. That, like, and that's kind so of my like, point. Like if that was just too yeah. much, you didn't want to give up on it. I guess that's a good enough excuse. And if your fans are thinking, you know, we're going to have some sort of flame out in the wild card game. And then you just have all that extra expectations. I mean, think about like that A's team that added John Lester and then they end up going that going to the wildcard game. They lose to the Royals and you think the next year coming into it, they have all those expectations to do it and they never lived up to it. And, you know, or you know, insert anything really here. I mean, really aside from the Royals who the next year did go out and add Johnny Cueto and then they won the world series. You know, that kind of stuff, if you're not going to be that aggressive and, and say we're playing the patience game, it's not as long as you think the patience lasts. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it, it it's something to that end. If eventually that bill ultimately always comes true, and if you don't end up getting aggressive at some point, you're just not, it's not going to work out. Agreed. Uh, Jordy, who's your loser? So... I think on the pitching end, it's the Yankees because they did go out and add Rizzo. They added Joey Gallo to really help spark their offense. Um, but I, like, similar to what we were just talking about with the Padres of, you know, Kyle Gibson got moved to the Phillies, a guy who was an all-star. If you just didn't want to a- answer whatever the Rangers were asking for, which ended up being fucking Spencer Howard and, and you know, a couple prospects. And you ended up getting a pretty sweet double-A prospect. We'll talk about with the Phillies in a minute. I don't know there, or like Tyler Anderson, who almost went to the Phillies, then something crazy happened, so he ends up in Seattle. I just think, like, there's a lot of questions around, like, some of these dudes that got moved. Um, I'm going to go, I'll just go kind of traditional of a team that really sold off. I think the the Cubs are certainly in that category of just kind of big question marks of what's going to happen with that team. Uh, I'm going to go with the Marlins, though, a team that really made some interesting moves and moving some players out, I think, really just saw the writing on the wall pretty quickly of having, you know, maybe they they caught lightning in a bottle really quick last year and making the playoffs. And then, you know, some people thought it was for real. Some people thought it was just the COVID year and it never really worked out. They ended up making some moves. And to that end, I guess my my question is, is did they act prematurely? Are they trying to, you know, really add some, some additions here and make, you know, make some, try to get some prospects. We've seen what they've ended up doing with a couple of them. They have some really nice young players who, some of whom have gotten hurt, some of whom have gotten COVID. 
So there's just a lot of question marks around the Marlins and their future because it it like kind of seemed like they were going to turn themselves into the Pirates a couple years ago, and then they had the COVID year that was great, and now it kind of seems like they're leaning back that way. So I, I just I wonder what they're doing in that regard to try to figure some things out. I don't know. What's your take on them? Yeah, I mean, Sterling Marte, right? He was sort of their leader for them, right? Uh, like yeah, they added him. Captain, if you will. Yeah, they yeah, added him and sorry, flip him and, and him all that stuff. And, no, no, no like, they traded him, but like they added him and then ended up flipping him. Sorry. So that's what I'm saying. They traded, got rid of him, free agency. Um, another, you know, they got rid of another guy. But you're right. Like they have the least. They they have the least wins in baseball, or no, not the least, but. I guess my point is that they're not going to win their division. They knew they weren't going to win their division. They have enough young talent. They don't. Why? They didn't hurt themselves. They didn't lose anything by you know. They weren't going to resign uh, Marte. They weren't going to resign Lazardo. Like the, they're not going to lose anything. Um, sure. But like I guess Lazardo, he's one of the top baseball's top prospects. So yeah, he's you know, solid. Hopefully, you know. But 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 at the same time, like I guess they didn't hurt themselves. So I, I get what you're saying, but but. Let's be honest, Jordy. Do we really think that they were going to like at this point? Were they really going to make the playoffs with with no, everything going out in the West? Everything no, no, going no, no. The West, I, that's not why. I, so that's why I said I was going off with the team that sold. Of just like kind of this this team that I think made. I went a different route than you of like a team that didn't make enough additions. That's why I said like, oh, the Yankees could have added more pitching, but the Marlins yeah. to me is just uh they're in a position of like they traded they trade do. They trade Adam Duvall. They trade Starling Marte. They trade these vets, and thankfully they didn't end up like giving up players or anything there. And yeah, they add Lazardo and see how he does with them, and maybe they get revved up for that. But it kind of just feels like a team now that's like still stagnant and kind of back to what we thought they were a couple years ago. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I should feel as a Phillies fan, a fan of a team in their division, should I feel like this is something that we're going to get all revved up for. Like Sixto Sanchez is hurt a guy that, that legitimately a year ago was like painful to watch do it. And it, thankfully it's been a little better because they've re-signed JT Romito and all that stuff. But I don't know. It's, it's interesting to see. Yeah. And, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I want to talk about the Yankees, but wrapping up the Marlins, I, I mean, I, I, I ultimately don't think that, like they stood pad, they didn't lose much, and they got something back for someone who they signed in the offseason. So, they're you and I came into it saying that last year was a COVID fluke. They have the young pitching, but not withstand. So I don't know that they necessarily hurt themselves. Um, can I move on to the Yankees? Or you? No, yeah, go to the Yankees. To I don't know. I just wanted. To, I was trying to find a different team because I don't want to say the Yankees are losers because they could. They could certainly make the playoffs and egg on my face because they got healthy and their pitching got better. And that's the reason no, why they, they didn't are, go out. They are anything. they are 100% losers. Okay. 100% losers. All right, go off, King. <laughs> Not even I don't have to go off, Jordy. Joey Gallo, what's he known for? Striking out. And, and what runs. else? Hitting dingers. Okay. Yeah. What's Rizzo known for? Um being Anthony Rizzo, being a Mr. Cub. Striking out, striking out, hitting homers. What's uh what's Giancarlo Stanton known for? <laughs> I don't know, Greg. Tell me. Uh, that would be striking out and hitting homers. Uh, what's Luke Voigt known for? Uh, being hurt. And what else? <laughs> striking out and hitting homers. Okay. <laughs> well, what about there? What about that catcher up there? What's he known for? Uh, not hustling. <laughs> Missing pass balls. 
and striking out and hitting homers. Um, <laughs> need I continue down the down the roster here? Sure. Uh, Aaron Judge, <laughs> what's he known for? His gap teeth. Uh, Aaron Judge having a pretty good year. He's batting two eighty. He's batting two eighty. Two eighty, please. Three hundred. If you're not over three hundred, you're terrible. Um, <laughs> this is real. This is real MLB the Show type of. You're cut. No, not three hundred. You're cut. I mean, he, he, like Voight is supposed to come back, right? Uh, I think so. So then, why do you need Rizzo, right? And then you turn around and say, okay, you have Voight and Rizzo. Maybe Voight's not one hundred percent. Then John Carlos gets to play the outfield, or you just bench him because he's been miserable all year. So Joey Gallo. So now you have an outfield of Judge Gallo and and John Carlo. Yeah, Luke Voigt's currently in a in a rehab stint. We just looked this up. So he's he's close to coming back. He's close right? to coming back. Yeah. So Jordy, let me ask you a question. Does an outfield of Judge Gallo and Stanton sound like a defensive outfield that can that can prevent a, a single turning into a double or or you know hold a runner at third base? Uh, Stanton was supposed to be able to do that. Right, but right field is is judge territory, and we all know judge can't play anything but right. So, oh, and what position does Gallo play? He plays first base, or no, he plays right field. That's it. Oh, Rizzo plays first base. Um, it's interesting that Gallo plays right field. So does Judge, and so does Stanton. But and then Rizzo, and they have Voight, and there's only one DH spot. Um, there's only so one ball with only with, one ball. Exactly with with Kluber and Severino being hurt and the fact that and Armand running, and Jordan Montgomery and, well COVID is running through their team and now their superstar stud pitcher who they picked up in the offseason who hasn't been good since the sticky stuff got taken out of baseball he has not been good I'm not I'm not gonna name names you all know who it is um if you want to say it Jordy by all means insert it now we've talked about um, Garrett Cole's shortcomings <laughs> with the sticky stuff Greg but my point is that my point is that I know you're a Yankee fan, pseudo Yankee fan. No. Hold on this here. team this team made the my they dad. made loud they made loud and splashy moves, Jordy. They were not the right loud or splashy moves that they needed for their, their needs. They needed pitching. Sure, their offense has been less than stellar this year, but that's because they have guys who hit home runs or strike out. You need to have pitching that wins games two to one. You can hit two single home runs, which they do, and win a game two to one, right? Yeah. They they need they need pitching. They need bullpen. Yep. I mean, we're at a point now where the Yankees do not bring in Raldis Chapman to close games out against the Red Sox because the Red Sox always beat. Raldis Chapman, like how Mariano Rivera at the end of his career, he started blowing every save against the against the Red Sox. It, it, they're at a point now where this is just happening. So they needed bullpen, they needed pitching, they didn't get it. Now we'll talk about the Red Sox and their shortcomings, and we'll talk about the Phillies. But the Yankees, to me, have to be like they made a lot of moves, not not winners. Not winners. Yeah, I don't think they're a winner. That's no. like that's why I threw them out as like definitely a pitching loser. Um, all right, that's good. Um, do you have any other winners or losers you want to talk about? Well, we didn't do winners, but real quick. Oh like, yeah, you're right. Or we we did do winners. winners. Oh, we, we did didn't really, bit, but not too much. Yeah, we didn't yeah. really. I mean, Dodgers have to be. Yeah, I was about uh, to say the Dodgers are the ultimate winner. 
They <laughs> add a bunch of fucking people. Then they add Cole Hamels. Just basically say like, hey, Cole, you didn't pitch last year. You were like, okay with the Cubs. Let's just have you be like our fourth or fifth guy. You might not even have to start a game in the postseason. You can be a long-term relief guy. So the Nationals did two years ago with Patrick Corbin. You can basically just do that. And he's like, all right, cool. My nickname's Hollywood anyway. I'm here. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that I questioned at first was Chris Bryant to the Giants because they have Emma Longoria, but obviously he's hurt. And if Longoria comes back, well, Longoria's like about to come back. So this is, I'm glad we're yeah. talking about this. So it's like, so Brian, they said Brian can play left field. Yeah, Brian can play the outfield. He's going to be there. He's in, but like still, American League makes sense, sure, but well, doesn't really make sense I think, for. I think what ends up happening, because Mike Ustremsky just got hurt yesterday. So I think like. Ooh, yes. Little yes. Yeah. So I, I'm, I don't think it's season ending or anything like that, but like. I think there is, like, they'll inadvertently start playing plug-and-play, which could work for him. I mean, Gabe Kapler is crazy enough to do that kind of stuff. He basically did it with the Phillies a bunch of times. So we'll have to see what they end up doing um, through all that kind of stuff. And I don't yes, know. They're in a division. Jordy, Jordy. What? Go ahead. You want to give me shit no, about the, the Phillies firing Gabe Kapler? No, please. Please go ahead. Uh, we'll, we'll talk after. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say they – I mean, they, they too maybe could have added some more pitching because I still don't really touch, trust the guys that have played really well for him this year. Um, so, I don't know. That's something, to me, at least they could have done. Um, but, I don't know. They're they're fine. They're just guys have gotten hurt, and we now need to see. We need to see what they're going to do. We need to see what happens with this team. So, I don't know. What were you going to say? Do you think it's funny that all of a sudden – Gave the babe, uh, San Francisco Giants, the team that were three years ago slated to win and be the superstar team. No, it was longer than that. Get, it was it was longer than they that. Get, they added Evan Longoria. They get it, it wasn't seventeen. They, they get a new manager, and all of a sudden, boom, leading the National League West, which has the Los Angeles Dodgers and the greatest player in all of baseball on it, and now the greatest pitcher in baseball on it. Like this, oh, this team. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, gave the babe manager of the year. Oh, yeah, he's definitely slated to get it. Um, he, he's went that, and, and the Phillies are, are dumb because Gerard sucks. Anyways, um, I, to me, I think the Blue Jays. I, I think for winner, Wyatt, yeah. under, uh, under – So I'm glad, you, I'm glad you said that too. That was one I was going to throw out there, kind of under, as a counter to the Yankees of what they did. because, yeah, I mean, the Blue Jays are a team that all year have put up monstrous numbers. Their offense unmatched more or less by anyone. Um, but they added starting pitching and, and, a, uh, and, and a closer. And, right. And they had Brad a right hand. Yeah. Closer, and then, and then, uh, and Soria as a setup man. Yeah. Which and is, Barrios is the, yeah. yeah Barrios is the and just Soria is unreal. Brad hands unreal. Um, <laughs> to me, like Brad hand, you, you talked about it, but they were, on the verge of the blue Jays were on the verge of signing him in the off season. And guess what? They go and trade for him in the middle of the year. So Brad hand, you should have been with them from the beginning, but the blue Jays are by no means out of it. They're one game behind the Yankees for the wild card, the second wild card. And there's a very real possibility. They pass them. I think the Yankees made their moves to hold off the blue Jays, as opposed to try and catch the rays um, for first in that division. And I mean, the Yankees are happy with just making the playoffs at this point, but the blue Jays to me are, a real deal, James Neal. 
Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think their offense, you're right. Aside really from the, the Astros in the American League, they are really second to none. I mean, the Red Sox are right there too, your boys. Um, they've Their pitching has allowed just as few runs as the, the Red Sox in the division. They have a better run differential. And at this point, it almost comes down to who has a better schedule, which I don't have in front of me and I don't want to bore the, the listeners with bad radio, but... I think it's it's going to be really interesting to see how the end of this season goes and see what these teams end up doing. And I think you're right. I think the Blue Jays are a little more complete now, and I think they're in a position where, you know, if they, they can take some games out from the three teams ahead of them, they're right there. And obviously the, the teams out west, Seattle, quietly making some moves too. I don't know necessarily if we're going to go full-blown winner territory, but they made some moves and, and certainly are right there. Oakland, we talked about adding Starling Marte. Um, so the wild card chase is going to be fun and it's going to heat up pretty soon. I think, I think the, depending on where the Tigers end up cooling down, that's going to be something to watch out for Cleveland right there too. But they, they made some, some moves the other way. I think they're, everybody's just punting to the white Sox at this point, but the yeah, Blue Jays and, are going to be and fun. Real, yeah. And realistically, I mean, this is the, the race and division to watch correct um because granted like the national league East, it's a fight for first but none the second place team is not making the playoffs so sure that'll be fun to watch the fight for first and then the west sure that'll be fun but all three of those teams are making the playoffs for the national league and then you go to the east and four out of five teams in the american league east are legit like three of them only three of them can make the playoffs but four out of all four being the Rays the Red Sox Yankees and Blue Jays are teams that very much could make it and have a real possibility to do damage if not come out and win the American League so just the way they're except for the Yankees but just the way they're structured the way some of their lineups are and, and blah 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 the East to me because that's where that's where you're wild cards coming from and the race for first place is crazy crazy yeah it's completely nuts i mean you're exactly right though this is the race to watch and maybe it doesn't yeah, result and- in anything but we said that about when the nationals made the playoffs and they end up upsetting the dodgers they end up winning the world series so who knows i mean this is and same thing with a lot of these these al wild card chases that end up becoming like we can collect whatever the hell is out there and doing it. The aforementioned 2014 A's Royals race where the Royals kind of kind of came out of nowhere and end up kind of the same story, going to the World Series and then proving again the second year, winning their division, winning the World Series. I don't know. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think the Blue yeah, Jays, and, you're right, are a really good pick to watch out for. And listen, like the Blue Jays are a team that... And they're back in Canada. Yeah, right. The Blue Jays are a team that have given up the tied for the second least amount of runs in the American League. And this is a team that we are complaining about their pitching. Right? So that should tell you how much better they've made their pitching with these moves. Um, Their offense is out of this world. Put up the most runs outside of the Astros. I mean, the Astros are still, for me, the team to beat, but uh, the Blue Jays are legit and I'm scared of them. They're no longer playing in 
the minor league ballpark that is Buffalo. They're like you said, they're back in Canada. They have the hometown behind them. Um, but yeah, so Jordy, let me get into the Red Sox. Yeah, let's talk Red Sox, Phillies, and wrap this thing up. Okay. A lot of people sit here and say the Red Sox were losers, right? Yeah, I have a friend that re- get... I have a friend who refuses to watch the Red Sox despite them being a game out of first place because they made they made zero moves to quote put together a competent baseball team and he still won't watch a game despite the fact that they were in first place for a while they're still above five hundred almost twenty games above it he's like I it's a man of principles shout out Joe Sally well I think you need a new friend because he is sadly mistaken um, well he he made the, the declaration at the beginning of the season and he's sticking to it. He doesn't want to jump oh, okay. on the bandwagon. Okay. Yeah, at least yeah, it yeah. wasn't like a mid, at least it wasn't after the trade deadline. Because... No, 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 no. This was this was like in okay. spring training. He was like, I don't want to watch a baseball game because of the Red Sox not doing anything. And then in May, he called me up and he was like, I know they're doing really well, but I have to stick to it until the offseason. Well, if he listens to the pod, he should have heard me say in the preseason preview about how this team reminds me a lot of the World Series team from what was it? Seventeen? Okay. It was 18, right? your last World Series. 18? But... Didn't we talk about that? How it was like a bunch of good character guys that, uh, granted, they had Mookie Betts, but Marcus Lynn, but no, no. No, not 18. Um, what, oh, oh, when 04, win... 13? No, no, yeah, 13. When they Boston won Marathon, with, uh, yeah. When they won with Gomes and, and those guys. Yeah, yeah, 13. Yeah, I said in the preview, like, this is a team that has the character and has the grit that, that, a team needs to win crushed getting crushed at the deadline for not doing anything the gm heimbloom just getting absolutely eviscerated because it looks like they stood pat but they went on got schwarber they needed some more they needed they needed a guy like guerrero not guerrero because guerrero hits for other things besides their runs they needed a guy like they needed a home run hitter besides martinez take some pressure off him they needed a true home run guy schwarber's that guy and they got him Granted, their first base experiment, who knows what he'll be like. But Schwarber's still hurt. You wish – yeah, but he's, he's close to coming back. You yeah, wish yeah, they had yeah. gotten Rizzo. You wish they had gotten Rizzo. That was a big miss. 100% agree. You can call him a, lo- a, a, a trade down on the loser because of that, but you're getting Chris Sale back, right? What is he getting off the IL? He's had like four rehab starts and crushed every single one of them. Oh, so it's even better looking, than it's even better than Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, he's he's already had four starts in in Worcester, so he's 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 on he's real close. Well, that's like, good. Real, real close. Um, they, they they're get like you know what I mean they're getting back Chris Sale. They have enough. They've done enough throughout the year to, to hold on at least to make a playoff spot, and this team is scrappy enough. They have the most, uh, they have the most come from behind wins in the, in the year. They have the most like, they have the second best closer, third best closer in, in baseball. This team, MLB All Star by the way, this team, while everyone else got better, adding Chris Sale will make them better. But at the same time, you wish they had done more. Um, they added two relievers in, in Robles and, and Adam Davis, but I think this will come down to if Kyle Schwarber can actually play first base. And if not, he's a DH, and you put JD in left and let the monster, just like Manny, let the monster eat everything else up, and, and JD can do enough 
in left field to to get everything in front of the monster just like manny no problem right like that that you have to think that's how you do it nothing was better than watching manny patrol the uh the green monster he just knew he just knew and he kind of had that manny like swag waddle thing where he like he flopped his arms around you know what i'm talking about yeah like the connor the connor uh mcgregor walk but basically patrolling the outfield we can say what we want about manny ramirez and i'm sure lord knows we have but he knew how to play. he knew he knew how to play. he knew how to play left field at, at Fenway. He knew how to like he played so shallow. There were times like he was he was thirty yards no 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 word of a lie thirty yards behind the shortstop. Like that's how close he played because he's like anything over his head is going off the monster, and it's a single or a double anyway. So like we're gonna hold him to it. So nothing dropped in in front of him. He knew how to play the corner. He threw people out third all the time. People gave him, he threw people out second. People Remember when he high five the dude at Camden Yards? Yeah, I mean, the road was, a, playing on the road was a totally different story, but at home, <laughs> he knew how to play the monster. So, like, that's all you need from JD, right? That's, in the outfield, he's played more, JD has played more outfield games than he has in the last three years, so yeah, yeah, that was yeah. by design. That was by design, like I said, this offseason, he said he didn't play the field, so his hips were, that's why it's such a bad year last year because his hips were tight because he wasn't playing the outfield. He wasn't yeah, flexible. Yeah. He went on the Tom Brady, did the playability. JD looks great. They're getting healthy at the right time. Uh, the only issue right now in the last couple of games, they've had a little slump because this is their slump, right? They, they were never swept until they played the Rays and were in, that was the last week of July. So it took them to July to lose, to get swept in a series. I mean, that's that's a team that wins championships if, if it takes that long to have your first sweep. This team wins late. I'm excited by them. I wish they got Rizzo. But at the end of the day, they didn't get worse at the deadline. They didn't. They're only going to get better with Schwarber and with Sale. I think uh, I think they did right, Jordy. Talking about the Phillies, go. No, I agree, though, with the talking about the Red Sox of – that I don't think they got worse. I think Schwarber, at the very least, is a good experiment to see what happens, like you said. Um, Rizzo, as a Red Sox, almost felt like a layup. I don't know if it's because of the Theo connection or or if it just seems like you could see Anthony Rizzo just like hanging out at that bar underneath uh, center field. At well, he was away. drafted. Well, he was, dra- he was drafted by the by the Red Sox, and mm-hmm. they traded him there it is. in 04 or one of the World Series that they won. They traded him. Might have been the Nomar deal. Really? Huh. All right. Nomar, Nomar, went, to the, he, no, Nomar he, went to the Cubs, right? He No, Nomar went to uh, – didn't he go to the Angels? Anth- that seems like – Anthony Rizzo, I don't think, is that old that he'd be drafted in 04. I'm looking Hang this on. up. Um, but but you asked about the Phillies, and let's talk about the Phillies. He was, he was drafted by the Red Sox. Yeah, I'm looking this up now. And then was, yeah, traded to the Cubs. But anyway. Yeah, he's born in 1989. There's no way he was drafted in 2004. Um yeah, he was drafted in the 2007 MLB draft by the Red Sox and then was traded to the Padres for Adrian Gonzalez. Uh, okay. In 2010. Um, but yeah, you asked about the Phillies. So, Phils go out, they add Kyle Gibson and Ian Kennedy from the Rangers. They get another starter. Zach Eflin, hopefully, slowly but surely, making his way back from the IL. Um so we need to see what he ends up doing if he can get back and being healthy and 
That would be great. You have four starters now. That would be awesome. Zach Wheeler still just being a complete bounce on the mound of ERA. Sub three, a whip close to one, 220 opponent's batting average. Aaron Nola continues to be Jackal and Hyde in basically every start. Um, I mentioned Eflin's been really good. They, Adam Gibson kind of figures out a little bit of that starting pitching four five. I'm just going to use the word debacle. They end up throwing out Ranger Suarez, who at one point had been closing games for the Phillies. He now has one start and four saves on the season. Um, and a number of different guys have been, you know, traveling in and out of the bullpen and the IL. And it's not as frustrating as it has been, but we talked about all the blown saves and everything there and, and trying to figure out the fifth, the fifth guy there. They still have the shit with COVID. We talked about that a couple weeks ago of guys saying it's a personal decision, all that bullshit. Um, and yeah, injuries have really just been a big part of this. They added Freddie Galvis, similar to a to a Kyle Schwarber deal, just a guy to come off it. Really good defensive player. He was a fan favorite when he was here, uh, depending on who you talk to. But really good defensive player, considering how bad the defense has been. Although having said that, Didi Gregorius, one of the notoriously bad defenders, had a really good play the other night, um, making kind of a, a diving catch and needed to make a quick play to Reese at first base. But Reese has been day-to-day, despite being the best hitter on the team this year. But having said that, and I'll lead with this, Bryce Harper, in 108 games uh, the Phillies have played, he's played in 87 of them. But Greg, there are only, there is, let's use correct grammar, only one hitter in the National League with a batting average over 300, an on-base percentage over 400, and a slugging percentage over 500. And that player is Bryce Harper, who has had such a great second half so far. The guy is for one, just extending at bats so well. He did one. He's they bring in lefties to, to throw against him with these nasty curveballs and everything. One at bat. He had a couple nights ago against his former team, the nationals just really grinded out and at bat and finally just slapped one down the left field line, ended up with a double on Tuesday night. He ends up hitting a home run against the nationals. He gives them the fucking, double-handed chef's kiss type of thing, embracing the villain in Washington. So if he can stay healthy and not make boneheaded errors like they did last week, or Bryce Harper did last week in Pittsburgh, um, yo, we'll see what happens. It's frustrating they lost 2-3 in Pittsburgh, but it's similar. Somebody put it out on Twitter after the Phillies won 15-4 on Sunday of how the Padres came to Philly, lost Friday, Saturday close, and then just absolutely spanked the Phillies on Sunday. Um, it fell a lot like that, except, you know, just a tear down for both the, uh, series loser and the, the team that won the series, um, taking three straight from the nationals, all fairly convincing in in various different ways, whether it's the seven, five craziness of Monday night's game, where really it just was all over the board. And they finally score a ton of runs in the, the top of the ninth inning to take a lead the, the 5-4 win on Tuesday that ends up the Bryce Harper home run ends up being the game winner um, or last night's game where Wednesday nights, I should, we should point this out. We're recording this over lunch on Thursday. So you'll know how they did on Friday, whether or not they completed the sweep or not. Uh, but last night's game where the runs just kept pouring and it didn't really matter that they went down early in the great back end of the rotation experiment where they went down three, nothing because of the, 
you know, shitty starting pitching out of Chase Anderson, which is just par for the course this year, but a solid effort from Matt Moore, who had been another part of that uh, four or five debacle, but four solid innings from him getting his first save or first win on the year coming out of the, out of the, uh, the bullpen for four innings, which that's what the Phillies want to start fucking doing. I guess that's what they're going to start fucking doing. Um, now the negatives you mentioned Girardi and his weird decisions he's made throughout the season. That is not lost on any Phillies fans radar. Um, Ellen De Los Santos, for instance, coming in in the game a couple nights ago on Monday and immediately letting up a bomb. I think he got the first at batter out, but then he grooved in a fastball to the pinch hitting Andrew Stevenson, who hit a ball, a missile in that weird setup that they have in right field, where I think it's like really their 200 level is right above the bullpen. But it's like you walk in. It's if you've been in Nationals Nationals Park, you know what I'm talking about. But like Bryce Harper, like didn't even fucking turn around. He just saw it go and it was gone in an instant. Like that, like that. The fact that they use this guy in high leverage situations and why they keep going back to it is just beyond me of why the Phillies decide to do that sort of stuff or why Girardi does. So Greg, that's not completely lost on me there. But you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I think in terms of what they could have done. At one point, they were linked to a number of different superstar caliber players, which I don't know if it would have worked out. It would have been cool if Chris Bryant actually came to Philly, but I don't know if that actually was going to happen, given what the Phillies could have given up and what they couldn't have. Tyler Anderson would have been fun, too. Um, But one of the guys that ended up not going, because they ended up making a trade with Pittsburgh, basically for minor leaguers, and they sent one of the guys that would have gone for Tyler Anderson there in that deal but then the other guy like got hurt or something, so now he ends up in Seattle. But I don't know. They're they're in the position of their game and a half back in the division. The Mets are playing right now. The Phillies playing about you know a few hours at four o'clock. So we'll see what they end up doing, and if something can happen here with you know this series coming up. I mentioned it when we were talking about the Braves of. The Phillies and Mets are playing, and it's going to be a fun series. I'm going to two games. I'm going for a buddy's birthday who is a Mets fan on Saturday, and then Sunday going to a bunch of my buddies. It's Roy Halladay Day where they uh, add him to the Wall of Fame in Philadelphia, and it'll probably get pretty emotional, you know, given the fact that he unfortunately passed away a few years back. But uh, I don't know. It's exciting. It's exciting that they're still hanging out here, and the fact that it's been such a frustrating season left and right. The team has gone up and down. They've come back and blown come back from deficits and blown, you know, leads left and right. It's, it's just fun that the Phillies are in this position that they're, you know, still relevant, albeit they, they basically have to win the division. They're not in two races, just one, but it's fun that they're there. And it's nice that we're not immediately turning our focus to Eagle spring training, opening up and wondering what the fuck's going on with the fact they might try to add to Sean Watson or Jalen Hurts and what he's doing and Devontae Smith's foot is hurt. So it's nice the Phillies can keep us distracted. Yeah, and and I mean, did the Mets really get better? Adding Javi Baez is huge. And to your point of Chris Sale coming back, Carlos Carrasco finally made his Mets debut last night and, and had a fairly solid outing, struck out five. I think he pitched. I think he pitched five innings. So, you know, if he gets going, that's that's a guy that they were having a lot of hopes for who just really couldn't get off the IL and finally has. Yeah, and we obviously talked about um, the Braves a little bit and, and the national selling and the Marlins selling. So, really, the Phillies needed to to make 
some moves. I think you talked. Did you talk about Howard, the guy that gave up? Yeah, the, the I didn't really talk about the bummer of letting up Spencer Howard, but at this point, it's not a bummer anymore. I've seen him pitch live, and he just never could figure it out once they went through the lineup on him once. He could never, mm. and, and the weird thing was, and he even expressed like this, this, I'll use the word disdain. It, it, he didn't really hold back when he finally got to Texas, but basically he, he was up to start the year or he actually wasn't, but he came up pretty early and he never really could get out of like the third or fourth inning. They were pulling him quick. They're really leveraging the bullpen and his starts kind of similar to last night's game. And they sent him down to the Lehigh Valley to the iron pigs to really try to get him throwing more pitches to get him innings and get all this stuff. And then Zach Eflin got hurt. So they had to call him back up and the same thing was happening. And I think that's why the Rangers used him as the centerpiece in that deal to get Gibson and, and Kennedy to Philadelphia. And that that's great and everything. And, and I don't know, I think at this point a change of scenery does him well. I you know hope him well, because he was, he was just, a, he was the guy that was supposed to be, the guy, like when Cole Hamels came up and immediately became the guy. And the fact that that never happened, the fact that they let up Sixto Sanchez, and granted, you now have JT Ramito for a number of years, but the fact that he was so good for the Marlins last year and that he probably will still remain that good, you know, the fact that the, that we keep waiting for the next big Phillies pitching prospect to really click into it, and it's kind of a similar situation as Alec Bohm, right? He got Rookie of the Year votes last year. Now he's this defensive nightmare and offensively hasn't really made up for it that way. You know, like so many defensive blunders do Um, now, granted he's played better recently. He's now batting over 250, but you know, it's still not, that's why Chris Bryant was, was linked to going to the Phillies was like, because they need an upgrade there. So we'll see what happens when Freddie Galvis gets healthy. If they decide to tell move DD to second and tell Gene Segura, who's been outstanding this year, to just go play third base, like when they originally signed him before Alec Bohm came up, um, or what ends up happening. So there are some questions there. Travis Jankowski's getting more time in the outfield, think, especially with. Think, uh, I'm sorry. What What was your question? No, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you've been on a Phillies rant. I feel sure. like we're going to lose people because what people really want to know, based on your Twitter, did the Phillies do enough to sure up their bullpen? That remains to be seen, Greg. Because Ian Kennedy, in his first couple appearances, um, granted, now last night broke this trend, but his first couple appearances has um, has let up a number of runs. He, uh, Ooh. yeah, he he's you acclimated. To see it. He's acclimated to the bullpen very well, Greg. His final appearance for the Rangers was a save on July 27th against the Diamondbacks, and then he comes in against the Pirates. In a 15-4 to game, lets up two runs. He comes in the next night in a game the Phillies went from losing 3-2 to and ends up, the Phillies end up taking the lead. They end up being up 7-3. to So it went from losing, save situation, to non-save situation. Lets up two runs there. And um, then came in last night and threw one batter to close out the game. So, Greg, his ERA was 18 to debut as a Philly. Sounds like a Phillies bullpen guy. Stayed at 18 after another appearance. And now it's down to 15.43. So, Greg, he's trending acclimated very right, well. Trending in the right direction. I know. It really is. But well, it remains to be seen. I mean, there really is that fifth starter 
is just such a it's you know it's it's a real Achilles heel to a team, and that makes the Phillies sound like they're this juggernaut, which they're not. They're they're a team that that's going to have to continue to battle and and piece together these runs like they have. I mean, the fact they've won four games in a row is shocking because it seems like anytime they won two games in a row, they were destined to then lose two games in a row. They're now above five, two games above five hundred. Again, listeners may know if it's now one or or three games above, depending on how this afternoon's Nationals games go. But how do we feel? How do we feel about Bryce uh, blowing a kiss to the national crowd? Oh, I love it. Stop trying to be like Bryce has been like trying to appease to us so well of loving the fanatic, having fanatic apparel left and right, and that's all good and dandy. But it it comes off weird to the rest of the country. Mets fans love to make fun of it. But him just embracing, because that first 2019 National Series where they, it was on ESPN and they had the fans in in droves. And then Bryce Harper has a double and a home run and all the Nationals fans left right away. You know, Bryce got that word there, but I feel like now they've won the World Series. And they immediately were asking, where's Bryce Harper? Why are you caring about a guy that left in free agency? You just won the fucking World Series. He rents so much real estate in their head. And for him to finally just embrace it. This guy that so many people fucking hate finally embrace the people hate him. I love it. Well, you could argue that it's like uh, his namesake, Bryson DeChambeau. Whoa, 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 embrace, whoa, 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 First of all, I think embrace. Bryce Harper is older than Bryson DeChambeau. Um, secondly, Bryson DeChambeau disavow on all levels. Guy is anti-vaxxer. He says he doesn't want to. I don't think it's a namesake. He Bryson DeChambeau, Craig says, I don't want to take a vaccine away from somebody who needs it. There are people, vaccines are available. Bryce DeChambeau, what the fuck are you doing, man? Get a vaccine. The crazy fuck? You're the mad scientist and you don't want a vaccine? What are you doing? You lose that nickname. It's gone. Now you're just a nerd. Different, different pod for a different day. We don't really podcast um, about golf, so I don't get that many opportunities to, to rant about this. But what an idiot. Shit. You should you should podcast about golf. That'd be awesome. Yeah, he is an idiot, and I think the biggest thing that I, the takeaway for me is Patrick Reed is the guy who replaces him on Team USA. Right. Come on, it's fucking hilarious. Well, Patrick Reed is like we all Americans. We all love to hate him, but then once he like throws on the stars and no. stripes, we're like, nope. nope. I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember in 2000. I don't think he gets picked. 18. I don't think he gets picked. I don't know. I don't know that he gets picked for this the year. French, uh, in the Cup French Ryder Cup. How did? I mean, that was. Oh no, that's where we started to hate him. That's where all yeah, that, that shit was, came out. Yeah, that was all the shit the, came out yeah, when yeah, yeah. Brooks hates him. It turns out Brooks is the Brooks is the douchebag. Well, Brooks always came off like a douchebag. I know, but everyone was like on Team Brooks, Team Brooks, Team Brooks, and then apparently Brooks fights with DJ. Brooks fights with. Um, uh, Bryson Brooks, <laughs> what that's a whole other thing. Brooks fights with uh, Reed, so who knows? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's gonna be it'll be fun to see the Ryder Cup come back. That'll be that'll be great. I have uh, I have tickets that I have to sell. So, bummer. Um, I don't really have the vacation days to go to Wisconsin. Hmm. Hmm. But anyway, let's wrap this thing up, Greg. Any final thoughts that you have on? baseball uh team usa gold medal game against japan they had a they 
there was a game earlier where these two teams met and the U.S. had a 5-1 to one lead or 5-2 lead and ended up blowing it and losing an extras. So hopefully they do not repeat and hopefully their bullpen can not pull a Phillies and close the door. How about Eddie Alvarez, but- Greg? Our friend that we talked about last year. could be He's now the, the sixth He's guaranteed person. a medal. Yeah, he's guaranteed a medal. And he'd be the first American since like 1930 to win two golds in, in both the winter and summer. It's crazy. Nuts. That's a great it's call, crazy. Greg. Yeah. Great call, Greg, out the Olympics. Um, thank you. Um, I think they said he's the first one to win since uh, some guy in 1920 and 1932, Eddie Egan, for boxing and boxing. Yeah, he'd be the first one to win two golds in, in both. But I think somebody did it, like, not too long ago. Somebody medaled in both. I thought it was just both. Uh, I thought it was just one medal in both. Uh, anyway. Oh, yeah, you posted it. Yeah, you I posted, posted it in the it. Bullpen Cart Facebook group. Um, but... Oh, plug it. Plug it. Uh, yeah. Jordy, you know what? We talked about this real quick. The Red Sox grueling schedule after the break. They didn't really uh, They didn't. They didn't really do what they needed to do to separate themselves. They stood pat. They got swept by the Rays. So uh, now, they're getting, now they're about to lose two out of three of the Tigers. So, yeah. Um, Red Hot Tigers. A little dicey. A little dicey, but they'll they'll fix they'll turn around and uh, go team USA. Go team USA, baby! But that is it, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of the show. Go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, the Bullpen Cart. Find us on Twitter, Thunder BLG, the Thunderbog or Thunder the Thunderblog on Instagram, Thunder BLG, Thunderbog Sports, and the Bullpen Cart oh Facebook group. Yeah, I know there's a lot, lots to plug. But that's going to do it for my man, Greg Piatelli. I am the G-Man. Have a great weekend, everybody. And let's go Fightins! USA. The Fightins! USA. Said? USA. Said? USA.